0: Thank you, Dan Papa, would you, uh, would you lead us through this time? Would you show us and, and, un- and just unveil to our hearts the things that you want to say, the things that you want to reveal? Thank you, Thank you that each person here is a unique expression of your creativity. A unique expression of your beauty, a unique expression of your kindness, of your goodness. Thank you that each person here relates to you in a unique way. And so, Father, meet us where we're at, where our hearts are at, where our hearts are at. still and quiet in our hearts, Papa, still and quiet in our hearts to receive from you your words, your words, your life, your reality, your Can you see me if I stand down here? I know up here I'm kind of. But I can't see you if I stand up there. <laughs> Can you see me? Okay. Am I? I'm not sort of in shadow or too in shadow. Good. Good. That's great. That's great. This is this is Papa's living room. In fact, your Papa's living room, but this is this is his living room too. And I, I want to encourage you to relax. You know, even if you, you if, as I'm speaking, you feel like you need to lie down, you can go over there on the side and lie on the carpet and just receive. If you need to go to the bathroom, don't sit there with your legs crossed and an urgent look on your face. Feel, feel free to just go to the bathroom. But uh, there's some things that Father wants to speak to us today. And he wants to speak them into the deepest places of our hearts of our hearts you see our hearts are the place that we meet with god our hearts are the place that he imparts life into the whole of the parable of the sower is about the heart he says jesus says that clearly in in matthew and in luke he says the soil is your heart the soil is your heart and so he's wanting to come and as it were take seeds and and just press them gently into the soil of your heart and the wonderful thing is the seeds don't stay as they are because when it's seeds of life from him they're 30 60 and 100 times they grow they multiply like the mustard seed that becomes a tree on which the birds can perch. So, so don't worry about trying to remember everything that I say, because if Father wants to put something in your heart today, it might be with inexpressible words, but you'll never forget it, and that's what you want to capture. That's what you want to receive as we spend this next little while together. We've, we've talked a little bit about what we sense he's saying and the direction that we should go, but uh, we're going to let him do that. And that might change or evolve as we go. We want to do what he's doing, what he's saying. When, uh, when Nia and I Got married, or when I asked Nia to marry me, um, we hardly knew each other. We had an arranged marriage, arranged from heaven. I won't tell you the whole story, but uh, um, I asked Nia to marry me by faith. She actually had prayed a prayer because she'd been hurt in a previous relationship, and she said, Lord, if if you want me to get married, you need to arrange for the person who's going to marry me to come to me and ask me. But I don't want to do this dating thing anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want. This is too painful. So if you want me to have a husband, he needs to come and ask me outright. And there's a whole beautiful story of how he organized that for us. but finally, when I did ask Nia to marry me officially, first I asked her to pray about marrying me, and we had probably spent all of about an hour and a half alone at that point. Every other time we were together, it was because we were in a ministry environment. Some of you are thinking, this guy's crazy. Why should I be here listening to him even? You know? Trust me, it's a beautiful story. But then the day came when I was officially going to ask her to marry me and I had uh, a ring in my pocket that she didn't know about and, you know, I got one of her friends to measure her finger surreptitiously so I knew it would fit. And we went out to this beautiful place in (coughs) Bali, Indonesia and we sat down on on a little wall and I only had enough money left after the ring for two bottles of Sprite. (laughs) <laughs> so we sat there with two bottles of Sprite on a little wall and then I just sidled off the, uh, off the wall and kind of came around and got down on my knees and I took the, uh, the ring out of my finger, out of my pocket and I said uh, will you Marry me. Will you marry me? You see, when you ask someone to marry you, and the guys will know what I'm talking about here, it's like you tear open your chest and you take out your heart and you're saying, I want to give you everything that I am. I want to give you everything. I want to give all that I am to you. Will you give me your heart? You know, and that's why for the ladies, it's such a big decision. This is what you're, you're asking me for my heart. You're asking me for all that I am. So I'm down on my knees and I ask Nia to marry me. And, uh, and she, uh, she starts ugly crying. Do you know what ugly crying is? I I was thinking, I was, I had in mind romantic tear, you know, kind of romantic tear, big smile, such joy, but what I got was this, and snot, and, you know, everything that goes with it, and here I am, I'm, I'm on my knees, and I've got the ring, and I, she won't look at me. And this, is, this goes on for like 10 minutes. And this is a public area. People are, are watching, and I'm thinking, have I, have I made a terrible mistake? She's going to say no, you know? Then I'll be ugly crying. And here I am, You know, I'm on my knees. I've got the ring in my finger. I've got my heart in my hand. You know, I want to give everything that I am to you. Will you give me your heart? Will you give me your heart? And Papa's here this morning. this afternoon now. Papa's here. It's so I want to give all that I am to you. All of my heart, all of my life, all of my love, I want to give it to you. Would you give me your heart? Would you give me your heart? Would you let me love you? Just for each one of us. Would you give me your heart? see so your heart is who you are. And it doesn't matter if your heart's a little beaten up and got some bruises and bandages on it. Papa says, just let me have your heart, Let me, let me love you. Let me hold you. Let me pour the very substance of my love and my life into the deepest places of who I've created you to be. Because I love you. You can trust Him, because His love isn't like our love. You know, when I asked Nia to marry, marry me, I wasn't thinking, I just can't wait to be an amazing blessing to her. I was in my heart thinking, I'm thinking of all these things that she can do to fulfill my needs. But the love of God isn't like that. The love of God is totally other. When He looks at you, If you've had that privilege it's almost as though he doesn't even exist because he's so focused on you and who he's created you to be and how much he loves you philippians chapter 2 says this he empties himself he empties himself he pours himself out he pours himself out this this is the love of god He's reaching out with his heart to each one of us here this afternoon. Can I give you my heart? Would you let me love you? Would you let me care for you? Would you let me be a father to you? Would you walk with me? Would you walk with me? Now, all through, all through the scriptures, all through the scriptures right from the garden, You probably talk about that a lot here, I guess. (laughs) But you know, all ministry is about one thing. And it doesn't matter if you're the lasagna maker, the toilet cleaner, the preacher, the accountant. All of ministry is about one thing only. It's about a journey back to the garden. And what we know about Adam's existence in the garden is this, and we know it from Luke chapter 3. We know it from Luke chapter 3, which has that long genealogy that none of us read. You know the one? Son of, son of, son of, son of. (laughs) And it gets down to Seth. And it says, Seth, the son of Adam. Adam, the son of God. Seth, the son of Adam. Adam, the son of God. You see, when Adam was created and placed in the garden and then, of course, uh, Eve was there, although she's not called Eve until after the fall in the latter part of Genesis chapter 3, they're so one up to that point that they only have one name, Adam or man. Adam or man. They experienced God as a father to them. What they experienced was him fathering Because it's Seth, son of Adam, Adam, son of God. You see, our father has always been father. Our father's always... Are are you two two guys together? Are you two guys... Which one's... Good, great. Could I borrow you both? Fantastic. Um, And uh, who else should we borrow? Let's have a look. Let's have a look. uh, is it, is Kagan here? Is he here? No. Yeah, there he is. Come on out. You look like Jesus. Come on out. <laughs> <laughs> see, what I want you to see is this. If, 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 your name is yeah. Ed. Ed. If, if Ed is father. Come over here, Ed. If Ed is father, Ed's always been father. I became a father. There was a time that I wasn't a father. I became a father in 1993, but our heavenly father's always been father. So if I bite him, oh, <laughs> I get a mouthful of father. <laughs> because he is father in eternity. He has always being father. He doesn't know any other way to relate to you other than being a father to you. That's all he knows. In the same way, the son is, has always been a son. In eternity, he is son. And if I bite him, I get a mouthful of son. All that changed is 2,000 years ago, he also became one of us. He also became one of us. And then there's the Holy Spirit. I won't bite her. <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit has always been the Holy Spirit. So what I want you to see is this. If you guys can stand opposite each other.
1: <coughs> great.
0: And hold hands, please. Just, uh, just just, you two for now. Wonderful. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit just stands sideways like this. Wonderful. Great. Wonderful. And if you could put a, a hand on each shoulder. You see, Brennan Manning says this. He says, the Father is the source of all love. Father is the source of all love. The Son is the perfect manifestation of that love. And the Holy Spirit is the action or the unction of that love in the world as we know it. The Holy Spirit is somehow the glue that holds everything together. But what I want to see too. What I want you to see is this. In eternity, the eternal relationship is the relationship between a father and a son and a son and a father. In eternity. Daryl Johnson in his book on the Trinity says, in the center of all of creation is a relationship. It is for that relationship that you have been created. It's for that relationship that you have been redeemed. My friend, can I bother you? Yes, you are the one. Come on down. The million dollars is yours. <laughs> Your name is? i Scott. So here comes Scott, dirty, rotten sinner. Here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And here he comes. And he, he gives his life to Christ. And what the Bible tells us is this. And Paul says it most articulately in Galatians chapter 3. He says, those that have been baptised into Christ are raised in him and clothed with him. Eighty-four times in the New Testament it says we are in Christ. We are in Jesus. Okay, so he gives his life to Christ and now he's in Jesus. Just come in the middle there. Now, Kagan, I want you to put your arms, ar- arms around him, uh, right, like, like you're one, you know, but let his arms outside, okay, because you're one now, you are, you know, that's right, you're one, and here we go, now you hold Papa's hands. You see, you are in Christ, and where is, where is Christ? He's in the bosom of the Father. We are, we are, this is the gospel, that we are being grafted into the eternal relationship. This was always his intention. That's why Jesus prays at the end of John chapter 17 in his prayer in the garden. This is my prayer, Father, that the love that you have for me would be in them and I would be in them. This is what it is to be the bride and the bridegroom, right here. We are in Christ, but in Christ we are being loved by the Father, somehow all bound together in the person of the Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5 5 says, The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. We we experience the reality of this by the Spirit of God in our hearts. In our hearts. This is this is real. This is real. Thank you guys. You're awesome. awesome. You see how this works? You see, in Ephesians and Colossians, Paul talks about his Damascus Road experience. And he says that on the Damascus Road, he was commissioned to declare and to make known an ancient mystery. An ancient mystery. And a mystery that has been hidden from ages past. You see, the Trinity have always been living the Christian life. And Romans says, love is the fulfillment of the law." that when you love and when you live in love, you cannot sin. And I'm talking about the love of God. Because the love of God cannot sin. The love of God does no wrong. And they have lived in eternity. Not just in love, but they are love. 1 John 4 verse 8 and 16. God is love. The very substance of his being is love. All love comes from him. All love begins and ends with him. In fact, later in the same epistle, we're told this. We love. Why? No, I was talking to someone just a couple of days ago and they said to me this. They said, uh, I don't know if I even know how to love. I don't know if I even know how to love. You see, that verse says you can only love to the extent that your heart has received love from God. He is our capacity to truly love one another. I don't know about you, I I have a PhD in pretending to be like Jesus. (laughs) 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 Yeah? (laughs) I have a PhD in... Pretending to be like Jesus in my own effort. Yeah, trying to be patient. You know, trying to be kind. What would Jesus do? And then acting like that's what's in my heart when it isn't at all. You see, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, love is patient. It doesn't say you should be patient. It says love is patient. Love is kind. The more we receive love into our hearts, this is what our Papa knows, the more we allow him to enter and possess our hearts with his love, then our behavior changes automatically. Change your heart, your behavior changes. That's the power of love. It's not that you need more patience, it's that you need more love. It's not that you need to be a kinder person, it's you need Papa to love you more. Because the more his love possesses your heart, the more you will naturally act like him. You see, as long as something like patience requires effort, you don't actually have it. Right? Right. You're just pretending to be something that you're not. But the more love owns your heart, the more you'll naturally look like your papa. You see, this is what Jesus demonstrates for us. I can do nothing except that which I see my father doing. Why? Because my heart is so possessed by his love that I naturally move in union with him. I say the things that he says and I do the things that he does. That is what it is to be like Jesus. That the love that you have for me would be in them and that I would be in them. What is it to be like Jesus? To allow the love that is there and available to Jesus in eternity to possess your heart. His love isn't just a theology. It's not enough to know that he loves you. He wants you to live in the unfolding and dynamic experience of him loving you moment by moment by moment. Everywhere you go, even when you're in the toilet, loving you, loving you, loving you. Even when you're taking a shower, loving you. Jesus said this, he said to the disciples, you know, the shepherd will strike the sheep and the sheep will scatter. But my father is always with me. My father is always with me. We see, we see this all the way through the Old Testament, starting in Genesis as we, uh, as we look at uh, um, Adam being the son of God in the garden. We see it in the nation of Israel, which is also repeatedly referred to as being a type of son. Let my son go. Let my son go, Pharaoh, that he... May worship me. In Jeremiah, the prophets, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 19 is probably one of the, I mean, here we really see the heart of the heart of the Father, the heart of God. Jeremiah 3:19. This beautiful verse. I said myself, how gladly would I treat you like sons and give you a desirable land, the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. I thought that you would call me Father. I thought that you would call me Father and that you would never turn away from following me. I wanted to give you the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. I thought that you would call me Father those verses in Hosea we referred to this morning. I was in Calgary last, oh sorry, it was earlier this year. And uh, a friend of ours there, Sean, has a little girl. And he happened to be in the, in the room where we were all meeting and I asked him to, to bring up uh, his daughter. And uh, she, she was learning to walk. You know that that look they have when they're learning. It's going... and, and and he's holding her hands. He's bending down and he's holding her hands. And she and every now and then he'll just take his hands away, and she'll take one step. And then and she's looking up and smiling into Daddy's face. And Daddy's you know encouraging her and loving her. And then we have. Book of Hosea, chapter 11. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt I called my son. Verse 3, it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. Taking them by the arms, they did not realise it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness and with ties of love. I lifted the yoke from their neck as a father to them, as a father to them. In Isaiah chapter 64, there's a very famous, uh, well it's famous where I come from, because we sing about it, and it's the, it's the verse that says, um, uh, we are the clay and you are the potter, and we are all the work of your hands. Are you familiar with that? We, we sing it in England. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. Do you what it says right before that? You are our father. You are our father. We are the clay. You're the artist. We are all the work of your hands. You see, he formed you. He created you. He knitted you together in your mother's womb, in the hidden and secret place. David said, you called me forth from my mother's womb. He's the midwife. He's the one calling you into existence. This is who our Father is. What about Jesus? In everything Jesus says and does, he points us to Papa. We'll talk about this more later on, but I'll give you a very well-known example, and that is the Sermon on the Mount. Do you know what that sermon's all about? We divide it up into little bits and pieces, so we don't tend to see what the overall theme is. Again and again and again and again, Jesus says, Father. Father, fathers, love your enemies and bless those who persecute you. Now I don't know about you, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. You know, if I, my daughter's in Beirut right now, in Beirut studying Arabic and making her dad a little bit anxious that she's in Beirut. <laughs> But she's in, she's in Beirut right now. If she gets kidnapped by ISIS and then they start torturing her and she reads that verse, you know, love your enemies and bless those who persecute you. How easy would that be to do? But you see, it's not about our love. Because the love of God loves enemies. Even when we were his enemies, It says in Romans chapter 5. It's easy to love friends, but the love of God loves us even when we're cursing him, crucifying him, and spitting in his face. Forgive them, Father. Because they don't realize what it is that they're doing. It goes on in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount. It says, love your enemies and, and bless those who persecute you that you may be sons of your Father. Why should you do those things? Because when you do, you look like your daddy. Because that's what he does. And then it goes on and Jesus says, let me tell you about prayer. When you go, when you pray, go into your prayer closet and pray to your father. I used to pray a bit like this. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. God Almighty, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah, Alpha and Omega. You have to play it dramatically. Alpha and Omega. Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, Spirit of God. It's like, mention all the names of God that you know, and hopefully the letter will get delivered. (laughs) But Jesus is very clear. In John 16, he says, I'm not going to go to the Father on your behalf. Why? Why? Because the Father himself loves you. He loves you. You see, Jesus isn't giving us our own separate relationship with God. He wants to give us his relationship with Papa. Because you're in Christ. His relationship. I'm not going to ask. You can ask. says, when you pray, go into your prayer closet and ask your Father. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then he tells us, and we've all done it, how to pray. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what's Father's will in heaven? It's the eternal relationship, this love relationship between Father and Son. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You see, Jesus said, I can't do anything except that which I see my Father doing. Everything Jesus said and did in the pages of the Gospels was a revelation and a manifestation. It's Jesus saying to us, this is who your daddy is. This is what he's like. It's like we sung earlier, wasn't it? I've heard people say that good, good father song. I've heard all sorts of things about who you are, but now I realize the truth. You're not an angry father, you're a good father. You're not a father waiting to smite me with fire and brimstone. You're a loving father. You're a good father. We could go on through the Sermon on the Mount. If we were to, you would see that that prayer's all about father, that fasting's all about father, that provision is all about father. Do not worry. Do you not know that your father, look what your father does for the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, how he feeds them and clothes them. How much more will he not provide for you? One time I asked my daughter, Hannah, to come up in front of a classroom of Bible school students. She was only about this tall. And I said to her, Hannah, have you been thinking about the electricity bill? And she gave me the kind of... look. You know, should I have been... You know, have I done something wrong in front of all these people? I said, well, what about the telephone bill? You know, have you been thinking about that? No, Daddy. Oh, dear, no. What about your school fees? They're a third of our entire budget. She said, no, Daddy. I said, why not? She said, it's your job. (laughs) Now think about that. This one's going to sneak up on you. You see, when your heart knows who your father is, you're not even thinking about it. You know that sense of peace coming here yesterday, there's fires, planes being cancelled, left and right, smoke, and it's like, this is in your hands, Papa, I know, I don't know quite how we're going to get there, but we will, we will. Because when your heart knows who your father is, you won't worry. You won't. But if it doesn't, you'll have to do it yourself. Because actually you're living like an orphan. And orphans have to do it all themselves. They have to provide for themselves. They have to fix all the problems and answer all the questions. But what we see all the way through the book and the sermon of the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew it's, it's all about Father. It's Jesus saying, This is who your father is. This is who your father is. This is who your father is. This is what Daddy is like. Luke chapter 15, the parable of the prodigal son. You think father's going to condemn all these sinners that I'm eating with? Let me tell you what he's like. He's like a shepherd who searches until he He's like a woman who's going to sweep the house looking for that lost coin. She's not going to stop till she finds it. It's like a father who runs to his son, Ed, stand up, who runs to his son, throws his arms around him, and kisses him. And he kisses him with his crippled feet. He, cri- he kisses him and welcomes him in his brokenness and in his failure why because he's his son you know I my, I have a very colorful teen- I have very colorful teenage years I felt I feel like I fit really well here in Nelson because I was you know I had the long hair and the rainbow clothes and, <laughs> and <the laughs> You know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) (laughs) And, and, but it went way beyond that, way beyond that. I used to be an intravenous drug addict. I was talking to my mum after all of this, actually asking her forgiveness. And this, I, I even offered to repay her for literally thousands of pounds that I'd stolen from her to feed my drug habits. And she looked at me and she said, I don't want your money Richard my my son was dead and he's alive again my son was dead so it's not about love overcomes a multitude of sins you see we look at people's behavior don't we and we judge them according to it but father looks past our broken behavior I'm not saying you know, he ignores it completely and we don't need Jesus to forgive our sins. Absolutely. But when he looks at us, he doesn't see first and foremost our, our broken, bad behaviour. He sees my daughter. You're my daughter. You're my child. He sees that first and foremost. And that's what my mother saw. Despite all of my lies and deception... All of my broken. He's my son. He's my child. This is the heart of the Father for us. This is why he sent his son. God so loved the world. Our Father so loved us. He sent his only begotten son. To show us the way home. Not only to show us the way home. But to show us what it is to be children of God. To see it, show us what it is to be a son loved by an eternally loving father. What it is to walk with him. It's amazing, it's amazing. What's worship all about? We worshipped earlier, didn't we? What's worship all about? Well, we find that in John, in the story of the woman with, with the well, at the well. You remember what Jesus said? He said, a time is coming and is now here where the true worshippers will worship God in spirit and in truth. You know that verse? I yeah, said, that's not what it says. Jesus says this, a time is coming and it's here now. You see, the prophetic calls the future into the present. A time is coming and it is here, now, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Will worship, the, not my words, the words of Jesus. They will worship my Father. He is your Father and my Father. See, Jesus has come to lead us to the Father. He's come to bring us home. He's come to show us what it is to be loved by Papa. And to step into his reality and Father's reality here on earth. His love is real. It's stuff. It's substance. Because it's him. And when he pours love into your heart, he's pouring himself in. Because God is love. You know, when I heard this, I can see some of you sitting there thinking, why has nobody ever told me this before? I'll tell you why. Because it's what God is doing now. Now, I I went to Bible college. I went to a a very... uh, prestigious Bible, London Bible College in the UK, part of Brunel University, and I studied all of the ologies. You know what I mean by that? Christology, pneumatology, soteriology, and all the other ologies. You can study Christology till you're blue in the face. You know, you want to study it for years, you can do this course, that course, advanced Christology. You can study the Holy Spirit till you're blue in the face. Pneumatology. Study this, study that, study it for years. Oh, I'd like to study about who God is as a father. I'm sorry, we don't have any courses on that. In fact, maybe today will be the day, but in 10 years of saying this, I'm yet to find one. A formal Bible college on earth that has a course on who God is as a father. To this day, maybe this will be the day. One day it will be because Father's coming. But I'm yet to find a Bible college on earth that has a course, even a one-week course, on who God is as a Father. Because, you see, we've had the Reformation happen 500 years ago, and the person of Jesus was restored to the church. And we've had the Pentecostal revival, it started about 200 years ago, culminated in the charismatic revival and the person of the Holy Spirit was restored to the church. Papa's coming. Papa's coming. Father's coming. The Reformation was a massive wave of revelation that changed and transformed the church. Pentecostal revival, a big wave, not quite as big, the biggest wave is coming, because Jesus says the Father is greater than I. And it's not that we're suddenly going to start a Father Heart Church on the corner of Garden and Eden Street. No, this is speaking of completion. Because with each wave, we have greater revelation of the previous wave. When we have a revelation of the Holy Spirit, we have a deeper and broader and greater revelation of who Jesus is empowered by the Holy Spirit and as Papa comes we have greater revelation into the person of the Holy Spirit this is the spirit of the father it's his very nature and substance that he desires to pour into us and we have greater revelation of who Jesus is as the eternal son welcome welcome You see, this is much bigger than a Sunday afternoon in Nelson, because Papa's coming, Daddy's coming, and we're going to see all the members of the Trinity fully unveiled and revealed within the body. It's going to change everything. Because love is bigger than any church, love is bigger than any denomination, love is bigger than any movement or container that you can try and put it in. In fact, if you try and put it in a container, it will blow the container apart because love is wild. Love is a roaring lion. Brant and I and Jen were talking this morning. Love is wild horses. They run free, but they run in packs. I want to run with the wild horses. I want to run with the wild horses in the indescribable overwhelming love of God. Papa's coming. Papa's coming. I'll show you one more thing and we'll take a break. One more thing. You know what we talked about this morning? This is your moment, Jess. Yes. Come on down. In the morning service, we were talking about Jesus. Thank you, Brent. We were talking about uh, Jesus welcoming the little children. There they are. Jesus welcoming the little children. And uh, if you turn with me, just, you can sit for a moment, I'll just stay. (laughs) And we were saying, you know, how Jesus can do nothing except that which he sees the Father doing. And so, as far as Jesus welcomes these little children, it's as though Father's welcoming them. In John chapter 1, verse 18, Jesus describes where he comes from. In John chapter 1, verse 18, he describes not only where he comes from, but what he's come to do. Not only where he comes from, but what he's come to do. In my Bible, it says this. It says, no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only Jesus, who is, in, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is in the side of the Father, or who is at the side of the Father, has revealed him. Has revealed him. So in my Bible it says side. Anyone got a different version of the Bible? Mine's the 1984 NIV. Anyone got a different version? No, I can share some different versions with you, I've got some written in my Bible. The 2011 NIV says, the one who is in the closest relationship with Father. The one who's in closest relationship. The Amplified says, the one who is in the bosom of the Father, in the intimate presence of the Father. The Message says, who exists at the very heart of the Father has made him known. In my wife's Bible, it says, the one who is on the lap of the father has made him known. You see, there's a little Greek word here. It's the Greek word, kolpos. And it can be translated, neck, shoulder, side, lap, heart, or bosom. One more time. Watch carefully: neck, shoulder, side, heart, bosom, or leg. Can you just point to all of those for me, Jess? Neck. Yeah, no. Put kind of. Put, yeah, that's right. Neck. Then what's next? Shoulder. Good. And the next one. You can do them one at a time. No, 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 no. no. Okay. Heart. Heart. And then what's next to the heart? The bosom. Give it a good squeeze. Good. Yeah. <laughs> And side and lap. Awesome. Now, I gave you the clue earlier. Now I'd like you to touch all of them at the same time. There we go. Slide right up properly. Kind of push yourself right up. There we go. Have we got them all? Let's have a little look. We've got side, we've got neck, shoulder, heart and bosom and lap. You see, this is what John says about Jesus. The one who comes from the neck, shoulder, side, bosom, heart, lap of the Father has made him known or has revealed him. And Jesus says, I'm leaving, I'm going to my Father's house and I'm going to go there and prepare a place for you. There's space for you. And then I'm going to come back. And I'm going to take you to be where I am. We're back where we started earlier, with Ed and his wife standing up here. This is the eternal relationship. This has always been and will always be. And Jesus is inviting us into his eternal relationship with our Heavenly Father amazing you see so often we're stuck on focusing on what we've been saved from like 95% of church sometimes 99% of church is about what we've been saved from or what we shouldn't be doing instead of where father's focus is his focus is on what we've been saved for to be his sons and daughters. I'll read you a beautiful quote. No, I won't, because I haven't got my phone. <laughs> Augustine said this: If all of the Bible could be summed up in one word, it would say, "The Father loves you." Oh, there we go. Good. Let me get the quote right. Thank you. Uh, take a quick break. There we go. That's the uh, The whole Bible, St. Augustine says, does nothing but tell of the love of God. Raniero Cantamalesa, he's the preacher to the Pope, says this. This is the message that supports and explains all other messages. The love of God answers all the whys in the Bible. The why of creation, the why of the incarnation, the why of redemption. If the written word of the Bible could be changed into a spoken word and become one single voice, this voice more powerful than the roaring of the sea would cry out, the Father loves you. You see, he's got his heart in his hand. And he's a humble father. He's on his knees. I want to give everything that I am to you. Will you let me have your heart? Will you let me have your heart? Will you let me love you as a son? Will you let me love you as a daughter? Will you let me love you as a son? Will you let me love you as my precious child?